some tongue of old Or even spit out some holy word I have no strength from which to speak When you sit me down and see I'm weak We will run and scream You will dance with me They'll fulfill our dreams and we'll be free And we will be And darn good morning, everybody. It is, and good evening, and good afternoon. But it's also International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arg. Ahoy, matey. Oh. How are you today, Pammy? Arg. <laughs> Shiver me timbers because it's cold in but... Pennsylvania this morning. Yes, it is. Yes, it <clears throat> is. <laughs> but a nice to... Oh, I uh, I guess. I know, you don't like it. <laughs> you know how I feel. <laughs> I want to hang on to warm, beautiful, sunny weather as long as I possibly can. <laughs> I know, I know. It'll be back. We'll get an Indian summer come through. I know, and we have lots of, uh, we have lots of ahoys and ours going on in the <laughs> chat room this morning as we all are celebrating so, yeah. our... We're all shivering our timbers. <laughs> <laughs> and seeking the booty. <laughs> yes, yes. So oh my I'm, gosh. I'm just going to pass this along because, as many know, in the United States, it was a rough day, rough night last night uh, with Notorious RBG. But, um, so, well, I'm going to ask you some jokes because I thought it would be fun. Because it is <laughs> International Pirates Day. <laughs> International Pirates Day always calls for jokes. And yes. as Susie noted, geez, that comes around quickly every year. And Susie, I agree with you. I said that to Pam. I'm like, <laughs> really? I feel like we just did this. <laughs> I know. I know. So, how much did the pirate pay for his piercings? Any guesses oh, out there? <laughs> Six pence? I have no idea. <laughs> a buccaneer. Oh my gosh. But I'm pumped. I feel like we're in for some more good ones. <laughs> and how do you make a pirate really mad? I don't know. Take away the pee. Oh, I like that one though. I like I like uh, I like the ones that are uh, literary. Yes. Mhm. That's very clever. Yes, it is. P, P uh, minus pirate is irate. Yes. I like that. Okay. And this is that, something that, that, that that I'll agree with. My granddaughter would like these jokes. I think. Um, <laughs> I think she would too. You should you should call her and share them with her oh, today. I will today. So. What's a pirate's favorite movie? I would think it would be like Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah, uh, uh, Booty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That so... is grown worthy. <laughs> These are. They all are. <laughs> oh, and, and KK is saying just a quick hello. The gimp has to pick up groceries for my sister who's recovering from her foot surgery. Have a great day and weekend, ladies. You Thanks too, for swinging KK. by, KK. <laughs> Take care. I hope uh, wishing your sister wonderful, uh, quick recovery. <laughs> <laughs> and Annabelle goes, ah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As Susie says, next. And why couldn't the 10-year-old go to the pirate movie? Underage. Because it was rated R. <laughs> oh my gosh. If SR is listening to this, he's groaning right now. Uh, yeah, well, we all are. We all are. <laughs> Trust me. But why not? I like um, that. Nice delivery, by the way. <laughs> thank you. And lastly, 
And certainly yeah. not Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pirate's name that had no legs or arms and fell overboard? Oh, I've heard this one before, and I can't remember what it is, but it's something really groundworthy. Okay, lay it on us. Bob. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I that just is needed so bad. that today. Oh, my gosh. As Annabelle says, OMG, Pam. <laughs> and uh, Ashley like Booty and the Beast. <laughs> well, and Betty's wondering if Gabriel will start saying jokes like these ones to Claire. <laughs> I would say absolutely emphatically not. I think this might be something um, his uh, Claire's Uncle Scott may share with her. <laughs> Very good possibility. Possibly. The considering that they are living in the Boston area of Cambridge, um, you know, he might come up with, you know, if April showers bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? <laughs> this is true. Pilgrims. I know this one. Pilgrims. <laughs> For those not in the U.S., it was a reference to the pilgrims <laughs> coming from England to the U.S. at the early stages of our nation. <laughs> Um, so I know it's tough. Oh my gosh. It's tough. Anyway, anyway, so, you know, it would just, yeah, some <laughs> days you just got to go for it and it's got to be cringe worthy to go for it. So there I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Betty says, uh, Pam can add comedian to her profile. <laughs> Annabelle says, Poor I comedian. bet even Walter Boo Boo has done a runner. Um, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bronca's on. She says, hello, everyone. Got my paperback ready. Hope everyone's doing well today. Can't believe how fast the weeks are going. Two months today. Mm. We will all be glued to our TVs, PCs, and I iPhones. Know. Yes, Bronca. Yes. We yes. are in the countdown. Two months and counting till part three mm -hmm. of... Gabriel's Inferno movie, the final, the final it's chapters. It's the final countdown. <laughs> anyway. And, and then we will be having SR join us. Yes, on the to 21st. To discuss that on the 21st. Excited about so that. So mark your calendars, friends. That will be great. He wants to hear all of our re reactions. Oh, yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 except for a couple of comments he made that Saturday in Syracuse, I would, I would love to hear what he thinks <laughs> about some of this stuff. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So we do oh, have. Speaking of that, before we head into the announcements, Annabelle said she listened to the Syracuse podcast. <laughs> Jeez, I'm excited for a set visit, ladies. Sounded like a great day and everyone sounded lovely. Who would have thought, even thought when you were talking about the premiere and then flipping, flipping COVID. COVID. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? I know. It's just unbelievable. Just too much. Just too and, much. And Betty's saying, I was watching the movie trailers of part one and two and damn, those trailers are so good. I can't wait to see the trailer for part three. I know, <sighs> Betty, neither can we. Um, I just can't even fathom just a little teaser about with those shots of Florence. I know. It's going to, um, it's going to be overwhelmingly lovely. On Ashley's mother's birthday is November 21. So she may, um, might not make going camping everything. Gabriel's Inferno premieres. I'm going camping that weekend. So she has a lot going on that weekend. She does. And Susie, Susie knows all her hopes and plans for a set visit went out the window when COVID hit. Well, hopefully, Susie, we will have more uh, set visits. Yeah, possibilities Susie, in the future and it will all give us time to save lots of money to do so <laughs> absolutely and Susie I know I have a friend in, in London who uh, is trying to move back to Australia she bought a house I think along the Gold Coast and uh, she's originally from Melbourne and uh, she has had all of her flights cancelled um, which she set up back in May or June because she had uh, all her stuff packed up and shipped. Oh, uh, well, my little Walter Boo Boo, you better go lie down or I'm going to come beat your butt. Um, 
No, Walter Boobie. She's just having a tough time, and now they're telling her she's not going to get back for another year, and it's getting crazy for her because she's not working in London now. She's got some big tax coming up for the house mm. that she bought almost a year ago and hasn't been able to live in yet. And just craziness. Absolutely. Well, craziness. hopefully, hopefully they're going to have some provisions or leniency with the, what's going on with the oh, health she, well, crisis. Yeah. She's <laughs> been trying to talk with the consulate and the embassy and stuff like that. And she just, she's just not getting anywhere. Susie so said she for feels for her and she asks if she's Australian. Yes, is she? she is. Yes, okay, she she's is. she's an Australian citizen then. Right. I would hope that they can help her maybe Bas- talking to representatives. Basically, she at the was consulate. She basically she was told that you were told at the start of the lockdown you either could come home in March or you would have to stay until everybody's allowed in. And so that's uh that's ticking off, so but well, yeah, no, hopefully, Susie, I, I hear you, but she she's hasn't been had hasn't had any luck because the, the airlines also keep canceling out because she's supposedly flying into Brisbane and picking up a car in Brisbane with her stuff and then because all her stuff went by ship and mm-hmm. she's picking it up there so I don't know maybe she has to like hop a freighter and <laughs> like. If the plane, if the flights are canceled, maybe she has to, fi- she has to find a, a a way to go there on water. I don't know. I don't know. Well, she, if, you know, they told her that if she wanted to fly business class, she might be able to get it. Uh, oh, see, you know, come on, business That's... class is expensive, especially from London to Australia. So. Yeah. Wow. In it has been. Event. It has made things complex. Yes, it has. In an already complicated world, which is why I'm so glad we get to come together every week and talk about some fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Franca can relate. She says, "I work in the travel industry. It's just a nightmare at the moment." South Africa, which is where Franca is located, mm-hmm. is opening commercial international flights on the. On the 1st of October, but still waiting to hear which countries we are allowed to travel to. Mm-hmm. Big worry that the UK and Europe seem to be heading for second waves of COVID. And yes, Franca, I actually saw a story last week, within the past week, I thought Israel was shut down for three weeks mm-hmm. due to, um, they, yeah, okay. they were starting to see an uptick and they wanted to try and uh, stem, stem the spread again. So it seems like uh, well, and this is, and Jean Ann, you are on, you are our, our in-house SR family health expert. Mm-hmm. Um, they, this is, you know, we're in the fall and this is when they had talked about a possible second wave. So, um, all is, all is going according to our scientific health es- experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty's saying, this is when I wish I had a private plane or a private boat. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Or at least or that boat, boat that Julio keeps hanging out in on the Mediterranean because oh. he looks like he is living his best life in the midst of this pandemic. And mm. I'm very happy for him and his his um, uh, friends and family. Yeah, I'm, je- je- um, I'm just jealous I can't be there to because I, I love being on boats. I think mm. I was born on the water sometimes. Yeah, me so- too. So anyway, we have some news, and, and Jean Ann, just, just to wrap that up, Jean Ann says, yes, the U.S. will be double wave this fall. We are making provisions now, double wave meaning flu and, mm-hmm. and uh, COVID. coronavirus, COVID-19. So, um, yes. And Walter, it likes to make himself known. And Claudia's <laughs> joined us as well. Ciao, Claudia. So good to see you. Um, and Annette's here. Hello, Annette. And Annette, Annette, Annette coming live to us from Walmart. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's where you are, Annette. So, so. And and uh, Franco, just one last thing. She said quite a few regional lockdowns now in the UK. There's talk mm-hmm. of something bigger when schools reach the half-term holiday to try to stem it. So. All right, everybody, keep yes. washing your hands and wearing your masks and, and your socially shots. distancing. Yes, get your flu shots. And uh, my, my granddaughter started fourth grade Zoom class this year, so. Oh. Anyway, so for <laughs> news that we yes. have. Share us the news. Yes. Share the news well, that SR, um, all the SR news that's fit to share. Fit to print, yes. 
as mm-hmm. they say in the New York Times. Um, yes. He's going to be joining the Naughty Kitties Facebook group on Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, which is like New York, Toronto time. This is a Polish group, and but he'll be chatting in English. And also that Passion Flix has restocked the tote bags. Yay. Yay. And the wine glasses, right? And Claudia says hello from Italy. Uh, Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Um, Yes. We wish we were there, Claudia. (laughs) At least I'm going to say I wish I was there. Uh Uh-huh. You would because it's so nice and warm there. I know. I know. (laughs) So, um, So anyway, Passion Flix has restocked the tote bags and the wine glasses. And there's going to be some new merchandise that comes in uh, in time for the release of part three of the film on November 19th. Remind Lovely. Me, November 19th is the date. <laughs> Two months from today, exactly. friends. Two months from today. So excited. Um, also, uh, this ended yesterday, but readers have been nominating Gabriel's Inferno, Melanie, and Julio for People's Choice Awards. And uh you know what that is is it's it's this you know that you select certain movies actors films whatever and they put a uh, like a survey out there so that you can respond to what you think is you know is good and then what they'll do is they'll compile all that information and they'll select three and then you know probably in a couple of weeks you'll get it you'll see another Thing come from the People's Choice Awards asking which of these do you, would you like to see? And it'll name uh, the actors and stuff. And just as a trivial note, in my past life as a 19, 20-year-old uh, college student, I worked, at, I worked and did a thing for the People's Choice Awards, their second annual. So That's that was, so cool. Yeah, and this was all phone survey work at that time. So you would call and you, they gave you this bunch of questions. How many people in the house? You know, how many over this age? How many under this age? And then the uh, algorithm would automatically pick someone to talk to. And then you'd speak to that person and they'd give you all their information as, as you go, went through the questions. And then that was all compiled. And then you went back a couple, like a month later and, and asked, which ones do you like the best? And went on from there. So... That is a past life trivia for my book. I love that. This is another <laughs> chapter for your book. Exactly. I'm telling you. Exactly. And I'm actually, I will be putting that link in um, on the chat box. If you haven't seen it already, I'm uh, finding it now. So. Well, and Betty's asking if I, what I haven't I done. I've never climbed a mountain except for <laughs> Cadillac Mountain, which isn't a big mountain in Maine. Um, I count that. I count that, Pam. I don't. Um, I have been on top of Ajax, which is a mountain in Aspen, but I don't count that either because I didn't climb it. I was on a <laughs> gondola. Um, let's see. What else? Have what I else, been? Pam? What uh, else? I've never flown a plane, although I wanted to learn to fly. I've never um, driven cross country, which is something I always wanted to do at some point in time. So there's still a lot of stuff. Bungee <laughs> jump. Yeah, funny you should mention that, Susie. No, I haven't. But many years ago, my, my uncle was alive. Uh, my uncle had this beautiful beach house at the shore. And not beautiful in California beach house style. Just a little three-bedroom bungalow, but it was right on the bay. It had great sunset views, whatever. And... Um, we're walking along the boardwalk in Atlantic City, and they have these bungee things that you can go on and on the port on the piers. And he said, "If you go on that, I'll sign my house over to you." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Thank you, but no, thank you." As much as I love the house, I am not going to be bungee jumping. So. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, it should be interesting. But let's see. So what else do we have? Um, 
Oh, Passion Flix has a couple of surprises ahead for readers, so stay tuned. And as uh, this will be as we count down the days until what day? For part three? <laughs> November 19th. Two months from today. And he has seen part three, SR, and says it is absolutely beautiful. Readers will love it, and it may be their favorite part. Um, I have a feeling for a lot of people it will be the favorite part. Uh, and uh, so he's just, you know, he, they've said that they've had a bit of a, a second wave of COVID in Canada. So some restrictions are being reinstated. And he wants to know how, wants us to know how great it is, this community, because it's helped keeping him sane during this, this time period as well. Yes. So. Yes, it's lovely. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm just looking in the chat room. Uh, Lauren said that you can come flying with her dad and her sometime. He's a pilot, and he will let you fly at least for a few minutes. So there you go, Pam. Oh, I'll do it. You can let check me off. Let me that. know in your Philadelphia area, and I'll be more than happy to <laughs> jump in. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, oh, my is. gosh. I love it. And yeah, I, everybody's excited about part through mm -hmm. part three. Mm -hmm. uh, Susie says, I'm sure it's going to be my favorite part, especially chapter 34. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we all know the chapters, right? I know. Like, <laughs> it's like, like what, where exactly in, <laughs> in the book is, is the, uh, as, as, uh, as one of our friends, one of our friends, Pam, another Pam mm -hmm. in uh, a passion flicks fan group says, uh, after the 400 pages of foreplay, yeah, really, <laughs> they get together. Um, I just, it's just going to be great. It's, I'm so excited about it. And I know and, my neighbor Marlene keeps asking me how, how I can push it closer to today. And she's looking forward to that too. Uh, so that's, that's what I keep telling You'll her. You'll have to remind her two months from today. I She'll do, be so excited. Me, I do. <laughs> and because she won't let me live it down. But <laughs> it's like I read The Godfather when I was probably I was a little too young to read The Godfather, the book. Mm -hmm. And I remember page 27 vividly to this day. So, <laughs> so like as everybody's looking forward to chapter 34. I have page 27. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. With Sunny and a bridesmaid. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Franca says, I think I skipped chapter 34. What happened? <laughs> she said, just kidding. <laughs> and, and, and Lauren from Pittsburgh said, I think after this year of no travel, all the sights of Florence are going to make me cry. Um, yes, yes. I, I think we're all, I, I think it's just going to be, I, it, well, first of all, we know it's going to be overwhelmingly beautifully shot by our beloved Dennis, um, mm -hmm. the director of photography for Passion Flicks. And um, I, I just think it's uh, going to be uh, lovely. Annabelle says, I can't wait to hear Julia say <laughs> mother effort. <laughs> he says uh -huh. the F word so well. And uh, yeah, hi Abby. I, I, Good morning. I see Abby's joined us. Buenos dias, Abby. Happy you could be here. You came at a great point because we just had our announcements. We're talking about how excited we are about part three. Mm -hmm. uh, two months from today, we'll be seeing it. Um, and Betty had recommended that Marlene listen to the audiobook while she waits for part three to come out. She said Marlene might like uh, hearing. Oh, I, I, if Morgan. Marlene had a device where she could listen to part three <laughs> or, or to listen to the books, all of the books, she would probably be very happy. And I am not lending her mind. So, <laughs> no. no, that would be that would be a lot, a lot of uh, coordination there. <laughs> so, but yeah. another thing we're so very excited about today is the beginning of our read of promise. Mm -hmm. I can't believe and we have talked about this for a very long time and it's remarkable that the day is finally here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just can't. Another thing I just can't believe. So, um, we had asked SR 
about writing promise and about really, you know, what was behind this, you know, initially, as many of you know, SR had initially planned the Gabriel series to be two books. And that decision had changed to three. And then we asked him, why did you write a fourth book? And also if we asked about if the story was in his mind when he was writing the Florentine series, um, or if they were short stories, or if he decided to write Promise and then decided to come up with the idea. We wanted to find out kind of his process mm-hmm. and um, if it was challenging to go back to Gabriel and Julia and their relationship after writing the other characters. So SR says, both Gabriel's redemption and Gabriel's promise were written in response to requests from readers. Readers asked for more of Gabriel and Julianne. In particular, a glimpse of their future. I had thought originally that Promise would be a novella. So he was thinking it was going to be a shorter Mm -hmm. story. And then he says, but when I began writing it, I realized there was more I wanted to explore. And so a novella wouldn't be sufficient. I had in mind what their future was, which was how I was able to incorporate their scenes into the Florentine series. which I think is very interesting. And he says, Gabriel's promise allowed me to write the backstory to that future. I really enjoyed writing it. So I love that glimpse into SR's mind Mm -hmm. because it did. He answered so many of my questions anyway, about if he had plotted out how it would be. And I think it was, uh, it seems like he had fun being able to explore and fill in the backstory about how the end vision of Gabriel and Julia, which is, is kind of laid out after, um, you know, it's kind of laid out in the prior books, kind of what the vision is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I just think it's great. And I, I love the fact that he's responded. He's so responsive to fans. Yeah. Um, and as, as Betty is saying, I bet Gabriel was telling the boss he needed a big book, not a novella, which I'm sure infuriated <laughs> Willie. And, <laughs> and Nicholas. And, <laughs> I don't think Nicholas would mind. I, I think Willie, Willie would. I think Nicholas would be cool with it. I think he's like, whatever, man. I have Acacia. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Betty's saying her favorite chapter of this book is chapter 15. I don't know why. And um, Mr. Kangle's in there. (laughs) Yes. And Abby's saying my favorite part of Gabriel's promise is all the Gabriel and Claire scenes. And uh, (laughs) which is great. And um, Annabelle says just goes to show the influence fans have book five SR book five. (laughs) Annabelle, don't worry. We've been beating that drum. For a while since, now. Since book four, yes, Abby says, we need a five book. Yes, we need mm-hmm. the fifth book. And Annabelle says, Gabriel is an adorable daddy. And as Betty says, and I totally agree, Betty, with your comment, this novel is a love letter to the fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, everybody's showing the love here. Mm-hmm. Um and, and uh, Gabriel's going crazy, crazy with his Principessa, mm-hmm. Principessa, and yes, yes definitely. And that's saying Gabriel and Claire are so wonderful. And Abby's saying we need a movie. Yes, Passion Flicks, we mm-hmm. need a movie. Um, and well, I agree. Susie's and, noting everybody's just saying, well, like, do what you know, a wonderful. I, you know that Tosca is reading from Promise, so and we're there's hoping some talk. So just you know, keep your fingers crossed. Pray to the gods of all publishing rights to movies, and yes. uh, hopefully something will come through. <laughs> I I'm I'm very hopeful as well. You know, I think one of the benefits of this whole COVID shutdown is possibly maybe this would would allow for for them to sign this book on and then they could film book three and book four together. So maybe, maybe that could be a benefit of our, of our trials and tribulations of the year 2020. Um, So I'm hoping, and Susie says they have to option promise. Surely. I hope so too. Can you imagine 
Can you imagine Julio as Gabriel with that a little... baby? <laughs> oh my gosh! I think everybody's ovaries will explode. I It'll think be great. So. I think so. Um, and those yes. who have don't have ovaries, they may regrow. And for those that uh, <laughs> ovaries have stopped working, maybe they'll start again. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, I know, and Abby, Annabelle was saying, they do have so many projects that are backed up. We're, we're hoping um, it might be tough for them, but we'll see. Yes. We'll see. Yes, we will know. see. We do know that they enjoy work. They all enjoy working together, and mm -hmm. it was such a positive experience that... Um, they may actually be looking and hoping for projects that they could collaborate on in the future. So this would be a perfect one. Mm -hmm. um, so as we go into Promise, and I think, I believe most everyone has read this, who's on this particular chat, but Pam and I do want to approach this uh, without having major spoilers, I think. We're going right. to, we're kind of going to go uh, a la Betty and... Uh, curling style and and try and go uh, chapter by chapter without talking um, specifically things in the future. <laughs> well, and it well, is well, our well, halftime well. show. <laughs> <laughs> Got a barking dog upstairs. Christmas music in the kitchen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> I, so we are starting today. Oh, and yes, Annabelle, thank you. Annabelle is confirming my, uh, my long standing assertion that, uh, Julio could be Marcello in Roman crazy. She read mm -hmm. it this week and loved it. So, um, yes, I, and uh, her, uh, Susie's mom just read Rose and Cra Roman Crazy this past week, too. Oh, how did, yes. I'd love to hear your mom's uh, reaction I, to that, Susie. <laughs> I would, too. It is, a, for, for me, I just, it's such a delight. It's, and actually, Claudia, I don't know if you've read that. I would be very curious. Maybe we romanticize it because we don't live in Italy, but I would love to hear what you think if you have ever read the book Roman Crazy by Nina Bacci and Alice Clayton, um, because it's set in your, your beloved country. And, um, I do think it would be great to see that come to the screen as well. True. So, and, so, uh, speaking we're of starting, Italy. yes, we're, we're heading towards right now. Right. We're, we're going the to prologue. Take we're going back, back in time. In time. To the year 1330 in Verona, Italy. Yes, and 1313. It's, yeah. And it's not the two gentlemen from Verona, but it is, uh, it's Dante, actually. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to start with uh, the two, two passages that he had uh, in the prologue from uh, Purgatorio. And it says, turn Beatrice, O turn thy holy eyes. Such was their song unto thy faithful one, who has to see thee tamed so many steps. In grace, do us the grace that thou unavail thy face to him, so that he may discern the second beauty which thou dost conceal. So what what I found out is um he was he was actually Dante was in Verona at that time. He was editing Inferno and Purgatorio. He was also writing uh, Paradise, and um, he also wrote a political book. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw this up. Uh, da Monarchia, and it's this was a, La a Latin treatise on um, what was going on at the time with with the Holy Roman Empire and the Pope and it goes way back to the separation of church and state, which I found fascinating because it's a never oh, yes. ending never ending argument. Um so anyway, when he was writing this, he's writing about Beatrice who has passed away in Florence. And this is a tribute to her life 
as well as a, a penance for himself. He um, knew that this was going to be the end of their love, and it would be, but it would also be the statement that he's still loving her and how much he would be transformed. Uh, Dante was living in exile in Verona after being sentenced to be burned at the stake by Pope Boniface VIII. And it was Boniface II who, in his papal bull, which is like a, um, a statement that the Pope's right put out. Mm -hmm. It's a weird, some people don't know it. That is too much. I didn't when I, not this time, but years ago when I first heard about it. Um, from 1302, Unum Sanctum uh, laid matters clearly on the line. And this is a quote from it. It is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. And uh, so at the time, again, as I said, there was this like, you know, whole thing going on between the Holy Roman Emperor and uh, Henry VII of Luxembourg and the Pope. And, you know, Dante uh, was part of a political, Florence political party called the Black Guelphs. And there were white yeah. ones, black ones, and then the Ghibellines. And I think um, this is one of the reasons why SR doesn't want to go to give us too many answers because I'm sure that somewhere along the line, there will mm -hmm. be a lecture by Gabriel on the Guelphs and the Ghibellines. Yes, and in fact, he mentioned when we asked about the prologue and any comments, he says the prologue harkens to the subject of one of Gabriel's lectures in the novel. I don't want to say too much about it now. Mm -hmm. So, and Claudia says you are her favorite history teacher. <laughs> history <laughs> is my life. No, if I had become it's... a teacher, I wanted to be a history teacher. But anyway. Well, you uh, are. Well, thank you, you are in this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um, so anyway, this this thing, this demonarchia uh, that he wrote uh, in his political writings was, a th was three a series of three, three books, mm -hmm. and uh, just going on and on and on. He wanted to come back to Florence, and they'd been working on it. But Pope Boniface has passed away, and the hope of him going back has now been shut down for a little longer. Um, but in this, in, in Canto 31, which is what that uh, is from, uh, and from the prologue, it's Dante is crossing the river Leth with the help of Matilda, and Beatrice has put him on the spot, trying to ease his sorrow with worldly goods and with grief and pain at the thought of his sin. And he wakes up, and uh, some of the, the cardinal virtues are helping him cross. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the prologue, that's. You know, I, I find it interesting that this is the section that SR highlights as kind of laying the kind of like the introduction, the introduction kind of setting a feel and setting the overall scene. And it's the, as Pam said, uh, Purgatorio Canto 31 um, and, you know, that whole vision of crossing over and crossing the liver the liver crossing the river <laughs> please my liver's been crossed with me all day <laughs> so far oh my gosh and and betty's saying that this may be giving hints to what's coming in the novel mm -hmm. um and you know having that confession of his faults and he's just overcome with grief and pain of the thought of all of his sin and he wakes in the waters held by Matilda, and as he is in the river, he goes through a baptism of sorts as he confesses to her. And it's it's kind of this purging, right, this kind of cleansing. Mm -hmm. And the cardinal virtues, justice, prudence, fortitude, temperance, take him to Beatrice on the shore. And I love I love that about Dante, you know, how sometimes he had his, his poetic uh, imagery is really strong. And mm -hmm. can you imagine, you know, justice, prudence, fortitude, and temperance yeah. taking him up to Beatrice on the shore? Um, it's an allegorical tale of church and biblical history. 
And Dante is forced to re-examine his life while writing Purgatorio. And Beatrice was his love, and he still loved her even in her death. Mm-hmm. And he mourned not just the loss of Beatrice, but he also mourned that city that he loved so much while he was in exile in Verona. So just think about this for a minute. I mean, he lost the this loving force, this spiritual energy, this guiding light, um, his, his everything and Beatrice, mm-hmm. um, who is passed. And then he was exiled on top of that. So all of these things he's loved, he's, he's kept from now. And, uh, when Dante was exiled from Florence, um, he was in the, he was living in the city of Verona and, uh, he wrote, he wrote this, um, from Verona. Um, he lived there for six years, 1313 to 1318. So I imagine this, this grief was exceedingly intense Mm -hmm. when he wrote this because it was right as he arrived in Verona. So it's right after he was kicked out and right after he fled really for his life Mm -hmm. and he's in all of this grief. And this is this period of time in Dante's life is where he wrote De Monarchia and edited both the Inferno and Purgatorio while working on Paradiso. So it's, mm-hmm. um, as, as Betty says, poor Dante, he suffered another big loss. Yeah. And it's fa- fascinating to show the bot, how the boss shows us Dante's evolution throughout each book. <laughs> Betty asked if I was spiking my coffee again. <laughs> no, I actually wasn't. I wish I would have. I thought about it. No, that's not why I said liver. I just, I, <laughs> but it would have been fun. Now I kind of wish I would have. Yeah, well, next time, next time. <laughs> yes. I do have a, I don't have it in my coffee, but I do have a little Irish cream in, in my cupboard, so. Yes, yes. So, and Pam, I didn't know I was going to, did you want to continue on or no, should I continue on. on? You can go on. Um, you know, I, thinking about his grief and his pain and also that, that cleansing and that recollection and reflection on sin and all of his, all of his, uh, faults, you know, that Dante had, um, so resonates with Gabriel, right? And it so resonates how Gabriel went through that transformation and and really had wallowed for so long in in his sin. And um, at this point, after coming through this, um, this is actually where the story diverges for Gabriel and Julia. In writing the prologue, SR sets the stage, opens the story for promise. And their life together had changed by this point. You know, they crossed mm-hmm. this river. They had found each other and changed their own lives as they grew together as a couple and now as a family. At the end of Gabriel's redemption, as Claire had been born, Julia believed that Gabriel believed that Julia died in childbirth, and Gabriel was forlorn because he again lost the love of his life, his very own Beatrice. And you know, that's when he has this reexamination at the very end of the book. and then he realizes, you know, he lost her and he has this baby to take care of. And it's this, this gift that both he and Julia had prayed for at Assisi. And he would always love Julianne. But unlike Dante, he had been given the gift of misinformation because his Beatrice was alive. Julia was alive. And while Dante will always wonder, what if? Gabriel's free to be with his love and enjoy a life that Dante never had. And I, I think it's, I, I think it's so um, profound um, that there had been so much loss and so much pain and so much grief and so much questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really Gabriel and Julia have their chance at the happily ever after, right? I mean, they have this chance to, to turn all the pain and all the, the hurt, um, into this love and into, 
and into, into a positive. The, uh, positive, into, into light and to help everybody. Right. So it's, and I'm looking, uh, I'm looking in the chat room. Uh, Claudia, I would love to, I'm going to say it, but this will butcher, butcher your beautiful language. Volgi Beatrice, right? I think that's how they say. Volgi Ochi Santi. Era la sua canzone al tuo vedele che perverdete, amosa pasitante, which is verse 152, Cante 31 in Purgatorio. And, and it, it translates as saying, Dante sees to Beatrice, turn your eyes and see me, that I come here after a long trip. Thank you, Claudia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Betty says, God, just thinking about Gabriel as a single parent would be so heartbreaking. Yes. I, and, I couldn't imagine. Sorry, that. Annette. We got Annette crying in the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> she said, damn it, now I'm crying in Walmart. Oh, pull the, pull is, your mask so... up a little bit higher and put sunglasses on. You'll be fine. <laughs> and um, he's terrified, as Claudia says, of thinking he lost Julia. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. It's, it's so true. Yeah, um, you could see that at the grazie, end of Redemption. Grazie, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying. I need to listen to more Italian. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and what Franca, because Franca, I was going to say what you said, but I wasn't sure what your translation was. Um, she said in Italian, she had mentioned in the chat that it would be difficult for you to pronounce the words. And it it is. It mm -hmm. is. I, I know Spanish and it's it's different. It's slightly different than Italian. I mean, you can read it. And then if you're a Spanish speaker, a lot of times you can understand Italian because they're all romance languages. Mm -hmm. um, and as Susie said, SR wouldn't dare do that to us. Yeah. Yes, Susie. I, that was the only thing I had faith in. I was like, he could not, he could not shatter our soul yes. <laughs> by having... Her die in childbirth. I just, oh, I remember reading that scene, and I, I kept thinking, in the back of my mind, it's going to be okay. There's no way he would have written this this way. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, it's true. It's true. It's just. Uh, and Ashley said the last part of redemption made me ball. Don't remind me of the tears. And Claudia said to Annette, "Oh, Annette, I know you're crying. It's just the allergies." Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and, his, uh, and, and Lori, Lori agreed. She said it would just be too much. SR wouldn't do that to us. No, <laughs> and that said, just knowing his heartbreak and happiness at the same time was breaking him. Mm -hmm. And Abby noted that scene always makes me cry. Once I asked the boss if it was in his plans for them to have a daughter since he started writing the fanfic. And what if he had always thought to make Gabriel think Julianne was dead? if he thought about doing those things. Yeah, that's a good, those are good questions. good questions. Um, and yeah, Claudia says we have to ask to have Julia give online lessons of Italian. I'll I think that up. would probably be the most popular language school on the planet, Claudia, mm -hmm. if that was the case. <laughs> I honestly can listen to him just talk for hours. I, I, I you guys know, I love his voice. I just think it's a, such a gift. Um, it really, really is. It's mm -hmm. so inflective, and um, he he's he has a great instrument um, for acting. He really does. His his gift is great. Um, yes, Betty says. I hope the boss continues to give us happy endings. I almost lost it when I read that scene. Mm -hmm. um, and Susie notes. I cried a lot in Redemption. Yes. Uh, uh, Julio crying at the thought of her death is going to be unbearable to watch. I know. Annabelle, I, I agree. I mean, I remember, and I've said this before, I I was like even thinking how, I don't know how I'll get through um, Gabriel's rapture <laughs> with that, reuni that scene reuniting. I mean, I just, I mean, I was a sobbing mess. I was too. I've already, I've already been a sobbing mess watching book one. I and that's just like a teaser. I know. <laughs> I, well, I once, I once said to SR in an email, I said, you know, I was doing a reread. And this was actually before we went up to uh, Syracuse. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I, I love all three books. Don't get me wrong, because I do. They're great. And mm -hmm. I said, but I 
finished book one and I dreaded starting book two, Redemption or Rapture, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that just it that was a gut wrench for me on that one. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, it's 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 remarkable. Um, Claudia said she, he had me convinced at the end of Redemption. I think SR knew we would have hunted him down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm scrolling through. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, everybody loves the idea of Julia doing Italian lessons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Annabelle says his voice is better than sex. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I I yes. I love his voice. And Annabelle, you know that. And Annabelle's saying, yeah, you know, just thinking about the Maya scene in part three <laughs> with Julia. That's going to be good. I, I know. I, I know. I too. that's. It's going to be, um, and it's going to be just beautifully acted. Um, and Betty said, "I cried in Redemption, but it was for other reasons." <laughs> <laughs> Team Paul for you always. Team Betty. Paul always. And Claudia is saying, please, girls, stop crying. Um, and Abby, thank you. Abby said, SR did respond to her at her questions. Mm-hmm. And um, SR said, yes, um, from the beginning, the idea of Claire's birth was the final act of redemption, which makes perfect sense. And it's lovely. And she said, he also said, and Gabriel must have thought that Julia was dead to fulfill her role as modern Dante. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. He's so good, isn't he? Yes. Good Lord. Walter agrees, right? Yes, Walter, Walter is going to get his beat butt, or butt beat, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he better be quiet and lie down like a good boo-boo. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. You, you know what it is, is I'm in the kitchen, and he wants me to go back upstairs and, and sit on my bed mm-hmm. and do this so we can curl up. That's yeah. He wants thing. cuddles. Yes, he wants his cuddles. Yes, he's, a, he's, and, and, he's not Abby, too spoiled. <laughs> I, I'm uh, Betty says maybe one day Julio could do an audiobook for the boss. Oh my gosh. Oh God, could you imagine that? <laughs> yes, I could. I could. I mean, I love John Morgan's voice so much. I listened to that. I Julio reading his words, just mm-hmm. him saying and acting the words are so profound. I know. Um, I just. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about him because of his complete, utter focus and dedication mm-hmm. and commitment to portraying this role. I just, I can't say enough good things about Julia. I really can't. And it has nothing to do with, you know, his physical, his physical presence. I mean, his intensity and his dedication to this role was, I will never be able to thank him enough. No, I know. Truly, for bringing this role to life, we are very fortunate so Betty wants that they to were able to cast him. If you can imagine if Gabriel had one uh, twins or triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's book five. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Oh, my gosh. So... Um, and Betty wonders if Julia would read Paul the way Morgan did. She loves Morgan's Paul. No one could read Paul the way Morgan did, I think. I agree. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. He was so good at that. And and Franca said, redemption has a very personal meaning for her. Her first baby, a beautiful boy, died after two days with the very same birth defect Tom and Diane's baby was diagnosed with. Mm-hmm. I could not believe my eyes when I read that book. Hypoplastic left ventricle syndrome. Uh, I'm Frank, sorry, I'm so, Frank. so, so sorry. That's just heart wrenching. And I can't even imagine you reading those words. Mm-hmm. I, I, your breath, you, you, it just must have stopped you. I, I'm actually going to cry. I'm crying now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so sorry. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, um, it's a tough, it, that is a tough read all the way around and mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of different reasons. And Frank, I, I, I can empathize with you. Uh, uh, not the same reason, but I had lost one baby and it was, it's, it's tough when you read about it happening with others. So you're courageous yes. to have done that. Yes, Absolutely.
And I, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm reading in the chat as well. Um, and that noted to hear him say that Gabriel is his best friend. That tells me right there what this mm -hmm. character did to him. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's true. I think that's true. And of course, everybody is sending you lots of, lots love, of love, Franca. Um, I know. And that's, and that's like, damn, y'all, my heart. <laughs> I know. I see this, you know, bring tissues when you go to Walmart next time. <laughs> um, Abby says, out. I know the third part of the first book is not released yet in the film, but I need to see Julia with a baby. It's what I expect the most from all the movies. It's, it's going to be lovely. I know. Um, Oh, Franca, don't apologize for making me cry. That's all right. I'm, I, I know he would have been 42 now. And, and to think, too, how remarkable now there's technology that, as it was in the book, that they, the health professionals now can help uh, families that have a child in that situation. Yeah. Um, it's, it's remarkable to me how our, our medical uh, advances have been. So, um, yes, Passion Flicks needs to sell DOE or PVN hankies. Yes. <laughs> yes, I could use one right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do know someone who ordered linen ones with SIR written on them. I won't mention any names, but I think we can all uh, surmise who it may have been. And, uh, but they would be a big help. And then, of course, Snarky does collect William York's Yankees <laughs> and yes, uh, passes them out at times. So, <laughs> and Annabelle, yes, I agree. Look at the trust this group has to, to share such personal information. Mm -hmm. It's true. And that's why one of the great things about this uh, community, um, having, having, uh, opportunity to react and respond and share, I think is really, really um, beautiful. So, and uh, a lot of yes, trust and a lot of love in this group. Yes, there is. And uh, Franca, thanks everyone. She says, unfortunately, back in those days, they didn't do all the scans you get today. So they never knew anything was wrong until mm. he was born. Right. I know uh, that, you know, having those scans and that advanced technology um, so they can prepare and find the ways yeah, now mm -hmm. even uh, they can treat and help even do surgeries while the baby is still in in the utero, mm -hmm. which is incredible. This mm -hmm. The technology we have now really is yeah. remarkable. So, <laughs> and I'm now looking. Um, mm. Ashley wants a William Yankee. <laughs> and Betty says, I need to send Snarky on another scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. We would all have more of Willie's hankies. Yes. And I think, I, again, I just thinking um, how this book starts and the fact that SR for the promise starts with Purgatorio mm -hmm. and kind of is, is demonstrating this um, the kind of that the growth and 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 it's just that short scene really encapsulates really where they had been um just in that short little little uh, vignette um from the canto 31 so i it's i i thought that was very clever the way he set um set the stage for book four and i'm really excited about book four um and seeing what happens yes. as they as they grow into being a family. Um, so like when he brings her home from the hospital. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to read. I, I can't wait to just see. I mean, the the all of the newness and, and going from a unit of two to a unit of three. I just mm -hmm. think it's going to be. I love I love the way he wrote it. And I can't wait to re-explore and share it with all of you guys and. I'm, I'm thinking, Pam, we looked ahead and we're thinking we're going to cover the first two chapters, right? Yes. For next week, um, because the chapters are short, short, short. Very short. So those are your assignments. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And, and um, Franca had noted she discussed with SR when she first read Redemption. 
um, about that scene. And he mentions a hospital in Pennsylvania that is doing great strides for this particular birth defect. And he mentions mm-hmm. the hospital in the book. And that actually is the hospital Children's, right yeah, they call near it Pam. Chop. Yes, they call it CHOP. It's Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania. It's part of the University of Pennsylvania system. And yes. uh, they do phenomenal work down there. Um, I have an uh, old high school classmate. She's retired now, but... She um, was actually a nurse at CHOP for many, many years. And yeah. uh, they do amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I, my uh, friend's younger brother, when he was uh, 16, I think. Yeah, he was 16. Um, developed a brain tumor um, behind the optic nerve. or the, And he eventually passed away, but they... Had him, uh, were able to have his life a lot longer than they could have because he went to chop. So it's, a, it's an amazing place. An it really place. is. They they are they're one of the top hospitals in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and especially um, for children's uh, a lot of uh, children's uh, cancers as well. Mm-hmm. They're very good. Very good. Um, on that. But 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 the cardiovascular team I think is especially they, they are, prominent. They, are. Mm-hmm. they also do a lot of um, conjoined twins uh, the, the ability to separate <clears throat> excuse me conjoined twins mm-hmm. so, and they bring it's incredible yeah and they bring people in from all over the world um, to go through their system um, right so yeah it's a wonderful place so and uh Yes, Annabelle uh, notes she likes when SR writes that Gabriel's baby talk is normal speak. Goo goo gaga. We'll get to read that. We'll get to read that in the coming chapters. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Come on, we know we knew we knew that would be the case, right? Oh, uh, listen, my my <laughs> husband when I when I had my son, my husband said to me, "I don't want to hear baby talk around him." I said, <laughs> "Yeah, right." <laughs> and of course, the first time that they've actually had any alone time together after we got home from the hospital and, you know, so that I could go have a nice shower <laughs> for five minutes, I come right. out and uh, <laughs> he's talking baby talk. <laughs> I said, I, yeah, I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason why. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's a normal type of activities so although i did find a child's version of um dante's inferno for kids yes well and, that was and featured at the birthday party for claire yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. which is so great so well i again can't believe it's past past the hour um ah. it's really flown today guys it um it has and it's been a really, really amazing, I have to say, podcast from from pirates to uh, purgatorio. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> these things are important. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, you got to have the pop culture effect of certain things. Exactly. You know, it just makes life a little bit more fun. So. Absolutely. Yes. And Franca says, okay, no more crying, please. Betty, I believe another bunny makes its appearance at promise. Uh-huh. I think so, too. <laughs> How did that happen? Oh, thanks, Ashley. She's saying, have fun. See you, ladies, at Ember Zoom. And okay. uh, yes, we. I'm so thankful for all of you. And I'm so glad we're starting. Um, as Betty says, the rabbit prevails. Of mm-hmm. course, the rabbit's going to prevail. Um, of course. And thank you, thank uh, you Susie, for your kind words. She says, thanks so much, Leslie and Pam. Another great podcast. Oh, thank you. So, so the Emmer Zoom today is at 1 o'clock Eastern New York time. And uh, so if you can't get into the Zoom, you can always go on Facebook and follow. Uh, Susan Sewards or Mango um, is going to be giving a, a bit of a preview of Graham Greene's book, uh, um, you know, the, the end of the affair, which also plays into, um, 
the Gabriel series as, as yes. you know, I like Dante. So that'll be good. That will be good. I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can join. I have some things I have to do beforehand. So I think I can. And Annabelle says, don't forget the Ember Zoom is also doing recordings for Julio's birthday. Yes, they are. So. Yes, they are. So anyway, so everybody have a great rest of your weekend and a good week. And we will talk to you all next week with about chapters one and two. And uh, this morning, I'm going to leave you with a Paul Coleman song, The One Thing. So have a great weekend. Yeah.